Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers and hope you're having a nice weekend. Kentucky U.S. Senator Rand Paul is with us today. Paul has been traveling the state after making it clear he will seek re-election next year. Paul was first elected at the height of the Tea Party movement back in 2010. He briefly ran for president in 2016 and along the way he has become known for his libertarian streak. Senator Paul is an ophthalmologist who is a doctor as well of course and a senator who has taken some strong and often controversial stands during the pandemic. And now he's pushed back on infrastructure and other initiatives by President Biden is too expensive. He supports the president's plan to withdraw troops from Afghanistan. Fair to say Paul often goes his own way, and so far he's been elected and re-elected statewide by Kentucky voters. Senator Paul, welcome. Appreciate you Thanks being here. Thanks for having me, Bill. I'm glad to be with you. Uh, as you look back on the, this time uh, over uh, you know, the last year or so, the pandemic, the social and political upheaval that we have seen uh, in this country and the division, uh, are are we living through a, a pivotal time in, in history right now? You know, I think so, but I, I try to see the glass as half full. I'm an optimist. I think we're beyond most of the worst of the virus. When I look at the numbers on vaccination, I'm encouraged. 85% uh, of people over 65 have now been vaccinated. The economy in Kentucky, despite all the closures, we're at a little over 5% unemployment. That's better than we were in most of President Obama's eight-year term. So I think there's good news to be had. You uh, said at a uh, roundtable discussion that uh, we could uh, get a better vaccination rate in this country if uh, local doctors had access to vaccines. Um, Why? The number one thing we can do right now is to get uh, the vaccine in the hands of your primary care doctor. You know, people, they tend to trust their primary care doctor more than a television doctor, more than a government uh, doctor, more than a politician, because sometimes you've been, you know, through thick and thin. They may have helped your mother or father through a hard spell. You may have been with them through life and death experiences. And when your local doctor maybe says, you know what, you're of an age where you're at risk for the COVID virus, you're a little overweight, maybe the vaccine would be a good idea. I think that uh, more people would be encouraged. So really what they're talking about now with vaccine is most people who want it have taken it. It's available now widely and they've talked about the numbers going down. So it is good news that 85% of people over 65 have gotten it. Most high risk people have gotten it, but if you want more people to get it who are a little bit hesitant, I think getting it in the hands of doctors. But so far, uh, Governor Bashir has resisted this. You know, I talked to doctors in my community in Bowling Green, and they've been asking for months and months to get the vaccine so they can give it to their patients. And so far, primary care doctors don't have the vaccine by and large. The, the, the nation, people have watched you and your, your spats with Dr. Fauci right. and others right. uh, who have uh, come before some of the committees uh, in, in Congress. Uh, was there a time in the pandemic when, you know, as Senator McConnell got out and held up his mask and said, this is all we have right now, uh, that those mandates uh, were appropriate and you think we have passed that time? I'm pretty much one who looks at the evidence and wants to know, is there scientific evidence that the mandates have worked, either shutting the economy down or wearing a mask? And if you look at the timeline from last January through uh, this spring, and you look at when the uh, mandates, both mask and social distancing were applied, you don't find any correlation with the reduction in disease. In fact, when we had most of the mandates, when Governor Bashir had mandated most of the closures, that's when we got most of the disease. In December and January, it went through the roof. I'm of the opinion that looking at the evidence, the only thing we've been able to do that has affected the trajectory of the disease is the vaccine. So I think it takes our eyes off of the prize. If you're telling people, and a few government doctors said, oh, that wearing a mask is more important than vaccine. 
That's absolutely false, and they should be fired for saying that. The vaccine is incredibly important, and nothing is probably more important than taking the vaccine for people who want to uh, be protected from the disease. The governor has uh, set a vaccine target as uh, when he would relax restrictions. Uh, some want a real date. Some in business say they, they want a date or they want to see it done immediately. Uh, as you know, uh, uh, the governor's right to enact emergency uh, actions is before the state Supreme Court. Uh, do you want the court to side with the legislature's actions to uh, strip the governor's power to make uh, such a mandate? I think the governor is acting illegally and unconstitutionally. The vast majority of the state legislature voted for something very reasonable. They said the governor has a power to emergency, emergently decree something, but it expires in 30 days. So according to the state law that was passed overwhelmingly in both houses, the House and the Senate, all of his edicts should have expired by now. And if he wants to renew them, he needs to convince people. In a free society, in a democratic republic, you have give and take. No one person gets all the power. You have to convince other people and their checks and balances. The state legislature is ultimately the source of power in our state. The governor has some what is granted to him. So yes, I think the Supreme Court should rule. The Kentucky Supreme Court should say clearly and emphatically that the governor doesn't have powers that come from some you know, uh, other source. They come from the Constitution and they come from the legislature. And if the legislature restricts the governor's powers, by golly, he needs to obey the law of the land. What has this time been like for you as one who believes in a very minimalist government on, on the federal level, the state level? I mean, you, you, you speak of, of freedom and have that uh, libertarian streak, certainly, and yet it has the government's been required to respond to the situation in so many ways, from the public health initiatives to the right. uh, stimulating the economy and so forth. There has been a lot of money spent to try to get things right, and some say without that, uh, the economy uh, would not have turned around. I'm proud of the way people pulled together. You know, when I had this, I was uh, not really sick, but when I recovered and came out of quarantine, I went and volunteered at my local hospital. I saw the doctors working with the COVID patients, taking risks, the nurses every day, those who were checking the patients in. And I really saw a lot of community effort. I think I was impressed by how the communities came together to deal with this. As far as how much money was spent, the money was spent because the government locked the economy down. I think that was an incorrect thing to do. If the government had not locked the economy down, you wouldn't have had to uh, borrow all this money. But it's important for people to know we didn't have a bunch of money in Washington. There's no savings account, no rainy day account. I can't go over to the Federal Reserve and open a big safe and, aha, I found the money, here's the free money. There's no money. So we borrowed this money or we printed it up. And the repercussions are gonna be that yes, a lot of people got $1,400 recently, but what if you find out that things cost $1,400 more by the end of the year, and really it's no net gain? Well, the money is now coming to the state government and to local governments who are uh, trying to figure out uh, the rules for how they're going to spend it. Uh, this, this was passed without a single Republican vote. Uh, Democrats passing a, another COVID relief package that will send billions of dollars to Kentucky. Was this uh, latest package unnecessary in your view? It was mostly pork barrel spending. Less than 10% of it had anything to do with vaccines or COVID. They called it a COVID relief bill, and most of it was just sort of wish uh, pork barrel projects that Democrats have wanted for years. For example, over $300 billion was given to New York, Illinois, California, and the states that had run perpetual deficits got the money. This will help to bail these states out in their, their profligate spending ways, but really had nothing to do with COVID. 
I think this borrowing of so much money, we've borrowed more money in the last two years than we did during World War II, more time than any time in our history. I think there's a danger of really destroying the value of our currency. And what happens then is rapidly rising prices and people's salaries stagnate and they lose their purchasing power. President Biden is pushing hard for an infrastructure package and other initiatives that he says will align the economy with the future. Uh, and he says he does want to pay for that and not borrow. He wants to tax uh, corporate uh, uh, corporations in the country at a higher rate. Do you believe we have significant infrastructural needs that uh, that should be addressed? For years, I've promoted promoted that we need more infrastructure, roads and bridges, particularly in Kentucky. But I've said we ought to pay for it by not making and building roads and bridges in Afghanistan. Let's bring that money home and do it here. I've also proposed a penny plan for infrastructure, which would take 1% of waste out of the entire budget and put it into infrastructure. That'd be about $600 billion, no, $60 billion a year based on last year's budget, about $600 billion over 10 years. There are ways to do infrastructure where you pay for it. If you raise taxes in a tenuous or a time of recession, you make things worse. If you raise the corporate income tax, jobs will go overseas. A good example of what happened when we lowered the income tax, the corporate income tax from 35% to 21% is companies like General Motors and Ford got hundreds of millions of dollars left in their hands. What do they do? In Bowling Green, we added 400 new jobs on the assembly line, good paying jobs. and. I fear that you'll lose some of that, you'll lose that momentum if you raise the corporate income tax. The Brent Spence Bridge uh, considered obsolete and way over trafficked and there are concerns on both sides of the river and we know that it carries a lot of the nation's uh, economic uh, activity. Can a project to improve a situation like that be done without a very, very significant uh, federal expenditure? There should and will be some federal expenditures as part of it. I think Louisville built a bridge about a year or two ago when you know when they had a bridge that needed to be repaired, they built a brand new one and did in a year or two. Bridges can be built pretty rapidly, but some of the compromises the people in Northern Kentucky are gonna have to figure out. Um, you know, one way they can do it is tolls, but there's a lot of people up there who don't want any tolling of the bridge. And I tell them, look, my hands are off, you guys decide, but if you don't want tolls, it's gonna be much more difficult to find enough money up front to build a bridge. Well, Louisville did well, that's tolls. To yeah, a little bit. And nobody like, I mean, people get mad about paying the tolls, but they have a bridge. So I, I don't know the answer, but people in Northern Kentucky have to become unified that they either are going to accept that or not accept that. There is going to be more money. There's a chance. I've been advocating, like I say, forever to take money from places where we're wasting it and put it into things that we can all agree. So I support a bipartisan infrastructure bill that would be in the six to seven to eight hundred billion dollar range paid for not through higher taxes, but paid for by shifting spending from wasteful projects into something we can all agree. And you have said, uh, again, you do support the pullout of the troops from Afghanistan as a, as a cost-saving measure. That and a life-saving measure. I think that the war has no military mission at this point. We defeated the people who attacked us on 9-11 18 years ago. So now it's been nation-building. And I think we got to do some nation-building here at home, not overseas. The interesting thing about it is, and I think it's important, is that I try to support even the opposite party if they're doing the right thing. So I supported President Trump when he wanted to wind it down. Some prominent Republicans did not support President Trump winding the war down. I supported him. But then when President Biden said he would continue it, I came out the same day and said, because I think it's important that we not always just attack each other for the political party we in. I think President Biden's doing the wrong thing, and I will try to support him when I think, I mean, doing the right thing. And I think I'll try to support him when he's doing things like ending a war. Senator Rand Paul is with us on Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll have some more questions for him in just a moment.
Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers on WKYT. Senator Rand Paul is uh, traveling the state now, as you said you were going to do. I mean, it was a, a year of uh, not a lot of travel. and yeah, we uh, didn't do much. I worried about people getting infected. I didn't want somebody to get infected, and so it was because I went to that, that event. And even now, we're hoping most people are vaccinated or young enough or have had it that they feel safe. But it's really kind of what you have in a free society. People will take their own and make their own decisions. And I, I frankly think people are pretty smart. You know, the fact that 85% of people over 65 have been vaccinated is a good sign that people are, you know, listening. The Biden administration has set some clear targets for lowering emissions uh, in this country. It's uh, clear that that would force uh, more renewable energy sources uh, to be used and far less uh, reliance on fossil fuels like coal. Uh, do you think that the coal producing areas of Kentucky uh, need to resist the effort or retool themselves and, and realize this is the way it may be? I think ultimately that our energy needs are so great and our population expanding so much, they're really going to need all forms of energy and I think coal will still be a part of that. So what I'm against is people who want to politicize this and eliminate things and just say no more coal. I think coal needs to be part of the mix in the sense that we need the electricity. Without it, I think you'll run into problems. You know, recently in Texas, they, the system was overwhelmed. And I think having some backup of traditional fossil fuels is a good thing. Now, in the recent infrastructure package, you know, Biden's talking about having $500 billion for the Green New Deal. Most of that is anti-Kentucky and big mistake, and so I won't vote for for any, you know, of this money for that. There's even like 10 million for a climate uh, core, some kind of, I guess, people that wear uniforms and report people are driving in an SUV by themselves. I don't know. But uh, bizarre stuff like that, I think, is really a waste of money. The election law changes in some states have prompted some companies to take stances. Mm -hmm. uh, you have talked about that uh, a lot. We know that Major League Baseball moved the All-Star game out of uh, Georgia over uh, some concerns uh, that they had there about uh, some restrictions on voting. Uh, what is your level of discomfort uh, with uh, companies taking uh, stands that they find appropriate? Um, I think that ought to read the bill first. I think Stacey Abrams ought to be ashamed of herself and she needs to apologize to Georgia for costing uh, Atlanta area businesses probably $100 million in income. There was nothing in the bill restricting voting. In fact, the bill expanded voting. Interestingly, we passed a similar bill in Kentucky, and across the headlines in Kentucky were Kentucky legislature expanded voting. But we did many of the same things they did in the Georgia bill. I guess what upsets me most is people not reading the bill and then calling supporters of the bill racist or Jim Crow. I think that's incredibly unfair. And if you look at our history, the party of Jim Crow is the Democrat Party. Every legislature in the South that passed Jim Crow laws were all Democrats. No, no God-fearing Republicans voted for any of that. In fact, the history of the Republican Party in Kentucky is an amazing one. William Worley was a black Republican, founded the NAACP in Louisville. He fought the first uh, case against institutional racism and segregation. He went all the way to the Supreme Court and won. The position of the Republican Party has been clear that we are for everyone voting. Do you uh, think race uh, race issues will continue to be a, a major part of uh, the discussion going forward in this country? Obviously, there are some uh, many unaddressed issues right now. I think this wokeism that it makes everything about race is a mistake. I think in my lifetime and even longer, 
uh, there's less racism, less prejudice, less discrimination. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody that uh, speaks of racial hatred or speaks with this malice in their heart. I know nobody. I know my kids discount race. They don't even think about race. So I think we've been getting but yeah, better you know for a it's long out time. There, right? I mean, yeah, but much, much less than it was 20 years ago, much less than it was 50 years ago, 70 years ago. And this is sort of what's insulting. When some of these people come forward and say, this is denying voting rights. African-Americans vote at a higher percentage than white Americans. And there was a time, a terrible, tragic time, when Democrats in the South forbid blacks from voting. John Lewis coming across the bridge in Selma was beaten by Democrats. There was a bad time. But to compare that time to now, is just ridiculous. We don't have that. We don't have people preventing from voting. We have encouraged people from voting over the last 70 years, and I think we should be proud as America, not dragging down America and saying America's a terrible place. We are a good place, and this is a country where everyone gets to vote. As you know, a former state representative, Charles Booker, is exploring a campaign uh, against you next year. Would be He would be uh, seeking the Democratic nomination. Do you uh, anticipate uh, that will be a, a lively campaign? You know, it's hard to tell. I do think that it won't be very popular to defund the police. I think most people in Kentucky think that police serve a viable function. Many of the police go to our churches. They're part of our community. You see them in the grocery store. They're good people, the vast majority. Now, I have been for some police reform. I think that uh, no-knock raids are a bad idea. I was uh, against them 10 years ago. I introduced a bill in uh, Washington to get rid of no-knock raids. But I don't do it because I think the police are acting in a racist way. I don't think the police are racist. I think they're given a bad job to go in to break someone's door down at the middle of the night looking for drugs because someone inside they may get the wrong apartment but someone inside may shoot back and that's sort of what happened but I don't think everything's about race I think most I think defunding the police I think would be a terrible solution to a few this. seconds left here when you first ran in 2010 you were firmly for term limits this you're seeking a third term now I'm absolutely still in favor I'm an original co-sponsor of it but if you're gonna have term limits we gotta have them for everybody it wouldn't make much sense if those of us who are for term limits left and only those who are against term limits stayed will never get passed. We have about nine co-sponsors in the Senate of the uh, term limits bill, and I remain steadfastly for it, but it has to be for everybody, not just for some. Senator Rand Paul, thanks for coming. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. And stay with us. We'll be back on Kentucky Newsmakers. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. A new court show is coming soon, and it's being taped right here in Lexington at an old movie theater serving as a studio. This program called Relative Justice will focus on family disputes and arguments. Ross Babbitt, Relative Justice's executive producer, and Misty Wrigley-Miller, the owner and CEO of Wrigley Media Group, which is producing the program, is joining us now. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate it very much. Great to be here. Thank you. Misty, why did you uh, choose to, to do a show that, that focuses on family disagreements? Well, the, the court show, the space, is a very, very interesting space. And, um, and there seems to be, right now, a, a void in court programs. So um, it was a, an amazing opportunity. I, of course, know nothing about court programming and rely completely on Ross. Um, who's you know who brought me this idea and although it's it's was very daunting you know the thought of building up a studio and, and doing a syndicated program Ross had the he's got the chops and the connections uh, to make it to make it happen and Ross this is going to work out because you're just about ready to go right tell us uh, your vision 
Yeah, we are. Um, we start taping in less than two weeks. Uh, it's hard to believe, but this project first started two, two years ago as a development idea. Um, we wanted to get into the kind of syndication space and court shows are really popular. Shows like Judge Judy and Divorce Court and, and the People's Court. Um, this is another entry into that space. Uh, we found a fantastic judge, uh, someone named Rhonda Wills out of Houston. Uh, we're bringing her in and, and setting up shop right here in Lexington to tape 150 episodes in less than two weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, is when we start. So <laughs> it's going to be a fun ride. Why Lexington as a, as a venue uh, for this uh, program? Well, why Lexington is because Wrigley Media Group is in Lexington. That's probably the, probably the best that way works. to answer it, right? I, I, I happen to be the chief content officer for Wrigley, working for Mizzy, and she had a, a vision to plant her flag in Lexington to create a media company that would rival anything you'd see in New York, LA, Atlanta, Chicago, et cetera. And um, this project is part of that, a part of that vision to have a, a project that's based right here in Lexington. Uh, we're gonna be taking over the Woodhill Cinemas, which we're renovating and we can tell you more about that. Um, and the, the idea is to continue to grow from there, right? This is just the start of many productions we have planned over the next few years here in Lexington. So Ms. do you see this as a, a really an opportunity for, I mean, it's economic development for the area as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's, there's something um, wonderful about Lexington that um, people such as, as Ross and, and many other um, the creative people that, that work at Wrigley Media um, started their careers in Los Angeles, New York, um, Washington, D.C., and came to Lexington to, to raise their families. So there's um, Lexington, I think, is just really ready to explode um, on this on this front in the, mm -hmm. the creation of, of programming and, and films. So the, the judges from Houston, the litigants will come, as I understand it, from all over the country as well, but there may be obviously some from uh, here in Kentucky, right? That, that is true. We, we are recruiting from all over the country, uh, focusing primarily in this region. When I say region, anywhere from five to six hours drive away. Um, so we do have cases right here from Lexington, Louisville, other parts of Kentucky, but going into Cincinnati, Chicago, Detroit, uh, Cleveland, down to Atlanta, Indianapolis, all over. Um, and I'm glad you brought it up because we are looking for cases. Uh, and it's important for me to, to note that if you are uh, having a dispute with another family member and you'd like to get it settled on our show, you know, these are real cases with real people with real disputes. Uh, we want to hear about it. Well, it'll be very intriguing and also even to watch. Is there a chance that uh, some people can watch in person? That, yes, yes. Um, we're being very careful, of course, with everything going on in the world right now with COVID, and we're all very excited that it seems like we're trending in the right direction, but we are letting gallery members in to watch these court cases uh, following you know, COVID protocols all the way, but there are opportunities for, for anybody to come Come uh, to come watch a case. And so, yeah. Ross, you have made the old Wood Hill Theater, I guess, look like a courtroom for this, right? Yeah, it's been quite it's been quite a journey already. We've taken a, a theater that was abandoned and kind of you know tired, uh, and um, we've done a lot of work to take out all the seating sections and replace them with concrete floors. We now have a big box essentially, which is what the studio really needs to be. It's a perfect place to shoot a television show. It's already soundproofed. The, the AC is already set up for to be quiet. Uh, it has multiple stages, 
So after we do relative justice, we can expand and do more productions in other parts of the building. Um, you know, we've gotten a lot of excitement around this. The fact that, you know, we took a, a really a beautiful building. If anybody's been in it, they know, uh, and putting it to a new purpose for it that's going to create jobs and and, and mm -hmm. really uh, a new industry for, for, for Lexington. Yeah, Misty, you know, you get the, the, the feeling here that you have uh, big plans ahead, uh, even maybe beyond the show, which you hope will be uh, ahead in long-term production, right? Exactly. Um, that is the long-term vision, um, the fact that the building is it will lend itself to creating more studios. We're hoping that we will attract many more productions and really grow this industry um, and and that building will give us the opportunity to do just that all right appreciate you being here when will uh, when will the shows be airing and, and where can people uh, watch do you have that nailed down at this point we do it's actually airing uh, all across the country over 80 percent of the country is carrying the show and right here in lexington it would be on the cw station uh every monday through friday in the morning check your local listings all right, yeah. Ross and Misty, thank you so much uh, for uh, sharing your uh, uh, your vision and your plans uh, for uh, bringing a, a, a national production to Lexington. It's exciting. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bill. Hello, I'm Greta Van Susteren, and here is your full court fast break. The economy slowly recovering after COVID sent it crashing, but the revival is far from over. Now Republican Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska introducing new legislation to get Americans up and running. His National Signing Bonus Act would redirect money from federal COVID unemployment benefits to signing bonuses for new hires. People hired before July 4th would get a two-month signing bonus equal to 101% of their current federal unemployment benefits. The pitch comes after the disappointing April jobs report. That report showed that last month the economy added only 266,000 jobs compared to the 1 million jobs economists had predicted. Some, like Senator Sass, blame the expanded federal unemployment benefits. They say the weekly $300 payments discourage people from searching for work. Want more Full Court Press? Tune in Sunday. We bring politics home, covering the national stories that impact you. And we thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. We certainly hope you make it a good week ahead.